Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from Rabbi Eli Kampfer. Let's listen in. In every Amidah, we praise God as the one who gives life to the dead, Mechaye HaMetim. What might we mean by this phrase? In Parshat HaAzinu, God speaks of a future time when the Jewish people will sin and their enemies will defeat them. But this victory is not eternal. God assures us that these enemies will ultimately be defeated. In describing the restoration of Israel, God says, I put to death and I make alive. Ani amit I wound and I heal. Some commentators understand this to be referring to a national resurrection, a return of Israel to its glory. But a widespread Midrashic tradition on this verse understands this as God's power to give life to individuals who have died. The idea that God can revive the dead became central to our prayers and Jewish theology in general. But what does this resurrection entail? Do we have to take it literally, or can we understand it in a more metaphorical way? And what do we lose without the literal meaning? Even in the rabbinic tradition, the phrase Michaye HaMetim had multiple meanings. The variety of other appropriate moments to recite the exact same blessing indicates the willingness of Chazal to see this statement more broadly than the literal raising of bodies from their graves. For example, in the tradition of the Jerusalem Talmud, the prayer said upon waking was none other than our blessing. Quote, the house of Rabbi Yanai said, one who wakes from sleep must say, blessed are you Hashem who revives the dead. According to the house of Rabbi Yanai, waking up is a reason to thank God for raising the dead. Indeed, other rabbinic sources compare sleep to death. And there is, quote, an ancient perception that sleep is a mortal threat and waking life something miraculous. We often experience sleep as a relief and are lulled into thinking that when we go to sleep, we are guaranteed to wake up. But in the rabbinic conception, sleep itself is a sort of death, a dropping from consciousness into another world. And our return from sleep is nothing short of a minor resurrection. But the broader image of Michaye HaMetim is not limited to sleep. In another instance of rabbinic usage of this phrase, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi mandated the following blessing. Quote, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said, One who sees his friend after 12 months says, Blessed are you who revives the dead. Seeing one's friend after not being in touch for an entire year is an opportunity to bless God for raising the dead. This was brought home for me recently in a contemporary story. A mother and a daughter had stopped speaking for years. But then, one day, the daughter called the mother, and they started to cook together while talking over the phone. As captured by the podcast The Daily, the mother said, quote, My daughter died in a way, and then my daughter was reborn again the day that she made that phone call. And I feel so grateful. Death is not only an objective experience for the person who physically ceases to exist, you can also be dead to someone you simply lose touch with. 
An aspect of death is about finality in relationships. And when a relationship, once thought over, begins again with a reconnection after 12 months, it is worthy of our blessing. The circumstances in which we recite the blessing Michaea Metim offers us images in which we live out forms of rebirth that are part of the rhythm of life. Ultimately, though, in order to say this blessing with a full heart, we have to grapple with the main request of the literal meaning of the words Michaea Metim, God's power to physically give life to people after death. Certainly, that was one way, if not the main way, these words were understood by Chazal, as indicated by the following text, quote, One who passes among the graves, what do they say? Blessed are you, God, who revives the dead. In this instruction, contained within the larger collection of blessings to recite upon experiencing something powerful, like seeing lightning, a large mountain, or the ocean, Seeing graves occasioned a person to praise God's ability to resurrect the dead, literally. This blessing was also said in a house of mourning, presumably with the same connotation, the physically dead will come back to life. It was this claim that caused many moderns in the 19th and 20th century to rewrite these words in the Amidah, spiritualizing them and thus removing any possibility of interpreting them literally. To me, this aspect of the blessing provides the greatest example of believing in the seemingly impossible and imagining a world that is not simply on a straight line and predictable trajectory. Nothing is more certain than death, but what if death is not the final chapter of our story? While it may be tempting to dismiss the idea that our lives could be reconstituted in our bodies after death as something simply beyond reason, In fact, I think it is more helpful to connect to the ways in which this resurrection is completely unimaginable to us. As John Levinson argued, based on passages in Daniel and Isaiah, quote, post-mortal existence is a radical transformation, not the indefinite prolongation of earthly life. In other words, a corporeal return does not mean something we can understand or relate to directly. It is not as simple as the body coming back in the form that we know it. The future resurrection is indeed physical, and yet unknown. God can do the unimaginable, and there is no greater example of this than physical resurrection. The power of God to do something beyond human imagination is illustrated in the following Midrash. Quote, The faithful ones, Emunim, Hashem guards them. This refers to those who say Amen with faith. The prayer leader says, Blessed, who revives the dead. And with faith, they answer Amen, who believe with all their might that the Holy Blessed One will revive the dead, even though reviving the dead has not yet happened. The Midrash uses the example of God reviving the dead as something that has never happened, but we still believe can happen, demonstrating our faith. What is striking to me is another example of the power of God in the continuation of the same Midrash. Quote, the prayer leader says, Blessed is God who rebuilds Jerusalem. And they answer Amen, even though Jerusalem is in ruins. But they believe that the Holy Blessed One will rebuild it in the future. In the Midrash, the possibility that God will rebuild a destroyed Jerusalem is as unlikely and unimaginable 
as God reviving the dead. Indeed, in the early Middle Ages, when this Midrash was first told, this restoration of Jerusalem from a city in ruins seemed absolutely impossible. And yet, it came to pass in our time. Can we be so certain that some form of physical resurrection is also absolutely impossible? When I say the words Michaye HaMetim in the Amidah, I sometimes think about the small, minor resurrections that happen to us all the time, like waking up to a new day or rekindling old relationships. But I also think about how to hope for the seemingly impossible. Just because resurrection has never happened does not mean that it could not happen tomorrow, perhaps even in a way that might completely defy our preconceptions. One of the aims of prayer is to cultivate a sometimes irrational hope for a different future. In giving words for this hope, prayer can highlight the contrast between the way the world is, in this case, full of death and tragedy, and the way the world could be, death not having the final word. The coming of that reality is also a focus of my prayer. Shabbat Shalom. Our producers for this episode are Sam Greenberg and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to Nadav Remez for editing this episode. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you. <laughs>